Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of From My Point of View. I'm going to do this all in one take. I'm not, usually I edit a little bit here and there, add some things, whatever, but this is just going to be one shot. I'm going through everything and we're starting with the MLB. And honestly, I don't know if, I don't even know if I'm going to go over football this week. Like it's been kind of whatever. Um, I think I, this might just be a strictly baseball episode. Take a break from football. Because if I go through everything that, ha- that has happened in the NLCS and the ALCS and then go through every week of football, this episode is going to be like an hour and a half long. So I think I'm just going to stick with baseball this week. Sorry, I guess, if you were really into the football. But I'll be back with that next week. I just I need to get this episode out of here. I'm recording late. Long, long days, whatever. But we'll get into the into baseball. Um, also... Before I actually, before I start the baseball, R.I.P. Robert Forster. Very weird, not weird, but uh, odd or coincidental timing. Um, Robert Forster passed away from his brief battle with brain cancer, and he passed away. I guess you want to say in the early morning of. Last week, I believe it was last Thursday, uh, last Friday, Friday or Saturday morning, early, early Saturday morning, because El Camino came out at like 3 a.m. last Thursday. Uh, and then, you know, I'm, I'm sure not many, few people stayed that up till 3 a.m. till it actually released on Netflix to watch it. But if you were a normal person... And you watched it Friday night or sometime Friday. For me, I watched it Friday night. So I finished it at around 11 o'clock, uh, 11 p.m. And by 2, p- 2 a.m., it was reported that Robert Forster had died. I think it was 2, 2 a.m. Maybe it might have been earlier, honestly. So late Friday night, early Saturday morning, early, early Saturday morning, Robert Forster was reported to have passed away. So watching him in El Camino... Which was was good, by the way. Uh, watching him in El Camino and then a couple hours later finding out that he had passed away was very eerie and odd. It, it was just a weird feeling. Uh, but he was a very good actor. I enjoyed him a lot. And uh, Jackie Brown, of course, was one of his more famous roles. And El Camino was good. His, his role in El Camino was good. I forget his name, but he was the guy who helped Walt. Um, spoilers, I guess. If you haven't seen it, but he was the guy who helped Walt in Breaking Bad uh, hide away in New Hampshire, I think it was, in his little cabin and go into like seclusion for a little bit. Similar role in El Camino. All right, done with that. Baseball. Let's go with the NLCS first because that will probably take less time to go over than the ALCS. And obviously it is a, a series that I'm less invested in because I'm a Yankee fan. Game one of the NLCS, Annabelle Sanchez brings a no-hitter into the eighth inning. Right, that first game just completely set the tone of the series. The Nationals pitchers dominated the St. Louis lineup. And Annabelle Sanchez, like I said, brings a no-hitter into the eighth inning. And so he goes officially seven and two-thirds. So he recorded two outs in the eighth before... Cardinals' Jose Martinez, he came in as a pinch hitter and singled to center field as Annabelle Sanchez was taken out of the game immediately after that. 
because uh, his pitch count was up there, what have you. And it was only uh, a 2 nothing game at the time, so it was a very close game. But as Sanchez was walking off, he turned around, tipped his cap to Martinez. It was a nice show of respect. The Cardinals crowd gave him a standing ovation, which in hindsight, I'm sure they didn't do because if they knew what the Nationals were going to do to their Cardinals the rest of the series, they probably would have booed him. Nationals ended up winning that game 2 to nothing. Very close game. Good pitching from both sides. Annabelle Sanchez just happened to have all of his stuff that night. Game two, Max Scherzer. He brings a no-hitter through six innings. Start of the seventh inning, Paul Goldschmidt leads it off with a single to, I believe it was uh, left field. Juan Soto maybe could have made a play. But again, it was a close game, so he wanted to play it on the hop instead of making the ball possibly get by him on an error or something, some mishap happening. He avoided that, played it on the hop, and that was a single to open that inning. That was pretty much it for the Cardinals. They didn't really do much of anything in that game. The big hit was uh, it was a 1-1 game. Adam Eaton singled down the first baseline or doubled down the first baseline, and it scored. Actually, no. I think it was a double two. My bad. My bad. That was in game one, I think. It was uh, Adam Eaton. But game two, Eaton drove it to uh, right center field. Two RBI double. Nats win 3-1. to one. Game three, Nationals complete blowout. Uh, Strasburg was, I mean, the last two games, game three and four, they went back to Washington, and the Cardinals just feels like they gave up. They had a little bit of a fight. In game four, but they started that game down seven nothing in the first inning, uh, much like the Cardinals in that elimination game went up ten nothing against the Braves. The Nationals went up seven nothing against the Cardinals, and the Cardinals ended up scoring four runs in that elimination game, but just not nearly enough. Uh, Strasburg was dominant in game three. Game four wouldn't be surprised if most people turned it off after the first inning. Patrick Corbin was lights out, uh, but the Nationals ended up winning seven to four. And that is the story of the NLCS for the Nationals. The story of the playoffs for the Nationals is that they have gotten big hits when they needed big hits, and their starting pitching has been phenomenal. Adam Eaton, Juan Soto, Anthony Rendon, and Howie Kendrick have been the four big guys to come up and deliver time and time again for the Nationals in their lineup. And then the pitching... uh, triplets even you want to say quartet fine because Annabelle Sanchez had a great game one start for the NLCS so Annabelle Sanchez Patrick Corbin Max Scherzer and Steven Strasburg all of them were completely locked in for every one of their starts in this NLCS and they are hands down the hottest team in baseball right now and that's what is really important coming into the playoffs they were hot coming in they rode that wave The comeback win over the Brewers really set the tone. They were in a dogfight with the Dodgers, but they were able to win that series in five. And then coming in and sweeping the St. Louis Cardinals, who were also in a dogfight for the NLDS against the Braves. Coming in and sweeping them is no small feat. The Cardinals were a very good team. They had pitchers who were on a roll, like Jack Flaherty specifically. They were on a roll coming into the playoffs. In the ALDS, and then now in the NL, uh, the NLDS, excuse me, and then the ALCS. 
Flaherty got rocked by the by the Nationals. Their lineup was, I mean, they were cranking on all cylinders, the Nationals. Now, an interesting stat, which I heard the other day, there are, since the, uh, the championship series went to a seven-game format, there have been only three National League teams to sweep the championship series, and only one of them went on to win the World Series. The answer to that little trivia question is the 1995 Braves, the two, the 2007 Colorado Rockies, who also swept the Cardinals, by the way, and the 2015 Mets, who swept the Cubs. The Mets and the Rockies obviously went on to lose the World Series to the Royals and the Red Sox. The Rockies actually got demolished by the Red Sox. And the Braves were the, were the only team out of those three to win. They won in the, they won the 1995 World Series. I'll tell you one thing. Whoever the Nationals face, I think they're going to have uh, a big problem. And I think... I do think their pitching can go up against anybody. Any lineup, doesn't matter. Everyone is... They're feeling themselves right now. Right? I don't think their pitchers fear any hitters right now. But the Astros and the Yankees have lineups that quite frankly, are much better than any lineup that was in... Maybe the Dodgers was probably the best lineup, but that Cardinals lineup was not as good as the Dodgers, and the Nationals exposed that, pretty much. But I think whichever team advances, the Astros or Yankees, the the Nationals are going to have a tough time with their lineup. I would say it's a safe bet to, to say that the Yankees or the Astros... Both of them would probably be favorites to, to beat the Nationals, I would assume. Also, another bit, and it's not a bit of trivia, it's just a fact, uh, but with the Nationals reaching their first World Series, the only MLB franchise to have never gone to a World Series is now the Seattle Mariners, which if you go back and look at some of the teams that they assembled is pretty unfortunate. It's, it's pretty unfortunate that they have never won. I mean, that that franchise, their, their postseason highlight, their biggest postseason highlight is defeating the Yankees in the 1995 American League Division Series. That was the team with Randy Johnson, Griffey, Edgar Martinez, a, a young, young, young A-Rod. Seattle's a pretty small market team, so... I mean, I wish they were a big market because they could have kept those guys. If they were a big market team and they kept Randy Johnson, Ken Griffey Jr., Alex Rodriguez, Edgar Martinez, all those guys, all those guys, if they kept them, I like their chances to at some point would have won a World Series. But unfortunately, they didn't, and now they remain to be the only franchise who have never made a World Series. Very unfortunate. Not a uh, a great honor. With all that being said. Let's get into the ALCS. The juggernaut contest that is the American League Championship Series. The playoff matchup that pretty much I feel like everyone expected. Not expected, but everyone knew this was a possibility coming into the season. I'm sure the the four teams that... Or the three teams that everyone was like, okay, one of these three teams is going to be in the American League Championship Series. The Astros, the Yankees, or the Red Sox. 
or two of the three. Red Sox had a huge fall off from their World Series win. They didn't even make the playoffs. And really, if you just looked at the American League uh, playoffs when they started, most people probably penned in the Yankees and the Astros to be in the American League Championship Series. So this is not a surprise. This is something that's, if you want to say, we'll say the latest uh, since the playoffs started, everyone was kind of waiting for. The Yankees had swept the the Twins 3-0. The Astros went five games with the Rays, something that many people probably did not expect, but it gassed them a little bit. Gassed them to the point where game one, the game one starter for the Astros had to be Zach Granke and not Justin Verlander or Garrett Cole. Huge, huge advantage for the Yankees to not have to face one of them in game one. They come out at Houston, Tanaka absolutely dominates. Goes six innings. I believe he only allowed one hit. He was flawless, pretty much. Absolutely flawless. I personally think Boone should have kept him in, but apparently, reports said a couple days ago, a couple days ago that I read that he was gassed from his performance. So he must have been. I mean, it didn't, he didn't look gassed. He looked very calm. He didn't. He wasn't even breaking a sweat out there. But apparently, he, I guess the. Uh, the mental and emotional toll on him, it was a little bit much. So they took him out after six. Uh, I believe he went, I believe Boone went Adovino, Britton, and then Luisica to finish it off. But the the Yankees dominated game one. They win 7 nothing. Glaber Torres had himself a day. Five RBIs for Glaber Torres, including a solo home run. Stanton had a home run. And the Yankees seemed to have all the momentum. Everybody in the lineup was doing pretty well, uh, at least from the Game 1 standards. They looked great. They were hitting with runners in scoring positions. 7 nothing on the Astros. I don't care who, you know, they didn't hang them up all on Granky. But 7 nothing against the Astros is, that's great. You feel like you have a really good shot after that. Game 2 was a little different. Paxson starts for the Yankees. He doesn't even get out of the second inning. Boone takes him out. Way early. It's only a one nothing game. But Boone takes him out very early. And Chad Green comes in. Lights out. Chad Green, Chad Green and Tommy Canley have been dominant this entire series. But it was a pitching duel for game two between the Yankees bullpen and Justin Verlander. Judge finally gets on the board. He hits a two-run homer after Justin Verlander walked DJ LeMahieu. And an interesting uh, stat, an important stat, is Justin Verlander only allowed a leadoff walk in an inning seven times in the regular season. In that inning, he walked D.J. LeMahieu, the first batter of the game. Aaron Judge crushed a hanging uh, breaking ball to right center field. Absolutely walloped it, over 400 feet. Yankees took, took a 2-1 lead against Justin Verlander. Enormous. Enormous advantage Yankees and this is where I believe Boone has been messing up right here Chad Green is sailing he pitches two innings he feels good Boone takes him out once the Astros get back to the top of their lineup he takes him out because Green is a fastball hitter uh, Green is a fastball pitcher and the top of the lineup the number one guy in that slot is George Springer who hunts fastballs. 
naturally, you don't want a fastball pitcher going up a guy against a guy who hits fastballs very well. So Boone takes out Green, and he puts in Adam Adovino. Adovino has not been very good lately, including just in the playoffs in general, even against the Twins. He has not pitched particularly well. He comes in. His first pitch is a slider that doesn't slide. It is a complete, fat, 85-mile-an-hour meatball in the middle of the plate, and George Springer sent it to Venus. Ab like a moon, like a moonshot, a complete moonshot. Crushes it, no doubt about it, as soon as it's off the bat. Adovino knows it. Everyone in the crowd knows it. Everyone watching knows it. Tie game, 2-2. And when we get to game three... I'll talk more about Adovino, but that was his mistake. Adovino comes in, one batter, boom, done. From there on, from then on, the line, each lineup pretty much has nothing going for them. Uh, the Yankees muster up just one hit after they kick Verlander out in the seventh, which was huge. That was a the thing. There was a play. Also, that was a bit controversial. I almost skipped over it. Uh, I believe it was the sixth inning. Runner in scoring position. Brett Gardner lines a pitch to second base. It eats up Jose Altuve. Off his glove, his foot, whatever it was. And it ricochets towards the middle of the infield. They decide to send DJ LeMahieu, who's on second base... He doesn't stop running. He rounds third. He comes home. The ball, now usually on those kind of plays, you think it's pretty much safe. It bounces off into kind of no man's land, and DJ LeMahieu scores rather easily. However, Carlos Correa was closer than he probably would have been because the shift was on for Brett Gardner, who was at the plate. So Correa, rather than being at the shortstop position, it was hit directly at Altuve, who was playing the normal second base position. But Correa was shifted over up the middle. If he were to be in the normal shortstop spot, this would have been a run. But because the shift was on for Brett Gardner, rightfully so, he pretty much always pulls the ball. I haven't seen him go the other way in ages. But since he was playing up the middle, Correa was able to get to the ball quick enough, pick it up, and fire an absolute dart to home plate. LeMayu was out by a mile. Inning over. Killed the momentum. I don't blame them. For sending LeMayhew. The possibility. If they didn't. If they held him at third. It would have been. Bases loaded. Two out. For Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez. Cannot hit the broadside of a barn right now. So. To send LeMayhew. In hindsight. Not the worst thing in the world. The next inning. Verlander gets yanked. And the Yankees. Got what they wanted. Verlander. Out of the game. By the seventh inning. Awesome. Plan is going great. It's a tie game. You're going in to face the Astros bullpen against your bullpen already. Advantage Yankees. Slowly but surely, it becomes a pitcher's duel. The Yankees muster up just one hit against the Astros bullpen. And so kudos for them. Kudos to them. I'm not going to sit here and bash the Yankees as much as I, I want to for not getting hit against the Astros bullpen because they came in and they did what they had to do. You got to give them some credit. Boone was managing to win. He was plugging guys in from his bullpen that he wanted to, to face them. He put in Chapman in the ninth. He put in Canely, took him out. He put in Britton, took him out, put in Chapman, took him out. 
Now, you're in the 11th inning. You don't really have much going on. CC Sabathia comes in. He faces one batter, gets him out, gets yanked. Okay. You put in Jonathan Luizga. He gets into a pinch. Ends up getting out of it. Well, he gets actually, he gets yanked. And then Hap comes in, works some magic, and gets out of it. The Yankees fail to capitalize in the top of the 11th. Bottom of the 11th, Hap comes out after working his magic. First pitch to Carlos Correa. Cranks it the other way. Game over. Home run. Astros win 3-2. The series is tied 1-1. I don't blame Boone for managing to win. You don't want to play too conservative, too conservatively, and then all of a sudden you're in a jam you can't get out of and the Astros score a bunch of runs. He was playing to win or managing to win. I respect that. The offense just didn't get it done. Time ran out on the Yankees. Now the dreaded game three. That was yesterday. The game got rained out tonight, by the way. I'm sure everyone knows. But now I think they said they're going to play four straight games. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We'll see how that goes. But now it's instead of having a bullpen day today, that would have been probably to the Yankees' advantage. Tomorrow they're going to have to face Granke for Game 4 and Verlander again for Game 5. Both in Yankee Stadium, so home field advantage. Okay, I think since what the Yankees did against Granke was great. I think they have a great shot again to do that. Verlander, we'll see what happens in the in Yankee Stadium, but must win games. You can't go to Houston down 3-2. It's not going to work out. Got to be up 3-2 going into Houston. Much, much, much like 2017, except the Yankees already won a game in Houston, so they've proven that they can win in Houston. But the dreaded Game 3, Garrett Cole's on the mound. Luis Severino's on the mound for the Yankees. Severino gives up a, whole, a solo home run to Jose Altuve. Blast into left center field. one nothing Astros. He then proceeds to load the bases and get out of the jam. But his pitch count after the first innings at like 35. It's absurdly high. Cole comes in. Cole gets on the mound in the first inning. First two batters, Lemayhew, single up the middle, Judge, single to right field. Looking great. It's one nothing. man's already in scoring position, nobody out. Aaron Boone changed up the lineup against Garrett Cole for some reason. I'm not really sure why. Because game one, the Astros don't have a single left-handed pitcher on their roster for the ALCS. Not a single left-handed pitcher. Wade Miley was left off of it. Why would you change up your lineup? based on who you're going against, if it worked so well in Game 1 and Game 2, even though you lost Game 2, but it still worked out. So LeMahieu and Judge get on, and instead of Glaber Torres batting third, you have Brett Gardner. Gardner gets a quick out. Batting fourth, Edwin Encarnacion, quick out. And then Glaber Torres comes up, he works a walk because he's actually disciplined in the plate. He works a walk. Now it's bases loaded, and I believe it was Didi Gregorius was in the sixth spot. First pitch swinging. First pitch swinging after you see that Glaber Torres just worked a walk against Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole's only blemish, really, in his pitching performance uh, last yesterday afternoon. He had, I believe it was five or six walks. That put the Yank. he had three hits, five or six walks. That put the Yankees in great position. They were 0-9 with runners in scoring position against Garrett Cole. 
The opportunities were there. They just did not capitalize in a game that was pretty much 2-0 the entire time. Didi, first pitch swing and grounds out. Second inning, Josh Reddick crushes one to right field. Second deck, 2-0 Astros. And it continues to be that for pretty much the rest of the game up until the seventh inning. And this is where we, we have a problem. Adam Adovino comes in. Again, to face the top of the Astros lineup. First guy, George Springer, walks him. He's probably petrified of George Springer. Walks George Springer. Man on first, no one out. Then, Springer steals. Runners are 15 of 16 stealing on Adam Adovino because he is so slow to deliver to the plate. Springer runs. Altuve hits it to the right side. Wide open hole. Single. Springer goes first to third. Then, it's a ground ball to first base. LeMahieu gets Springer in a rundown. He ends up tagging Springer out. But now there's guys on third, second and third. They walk Bregman. Adovino pretty much doesn't get anything done. Britain, Zach Britton comes in. Bases loaded. One out. He throws a wild pitch. Terrible. 3-0 Astros. Both men advance. Now it's second and third. Gurriel hits a sack fly. 4-0 Astros. The Yankees, they messed, they, they, they effed themselves. Like, they fucked themselves. I'll say it. It, it was, you have it 2-0 the entire game, and then you absolutely implode because Adam Ottavino cannot get a single man in the Astros lineup out. He can't. He's been awful the entire time. And in the postgame, Boone has the audacity to say, we're going to keep using him. Why? There's no time to make friends in the postseason. Adovino has to go, and you know what? Some some other people got to go in the Yankees lineup also. Gary Sanchez might have to get benched. He's been he's been okay in the playoffs, but in the ALCS right now, he can't hit anything. Same Edwin Encarnacion had a double last uh, la yesterday last night. You could see it. The frustration kind of lifted off his shoulder a little bit. He was he was pumped. But he, he's been struggling bad. Brett Gardner also. It, it just hasn't been looking good. Stan, I don't know what's wrong with him. He's got a quad injury. If he is not good enough, if he's not healthy enough to play left field, you have to have a conversation with him. Because if he's not healthy enough to play left field, he, can, he has to DH and he has to run the bases. Like, bare minimum, you got to ask him to do that. Because apparently he injured his quad in game two. Or in, uh, in game one. And then proceeded to hit a home run. So his swing's still fine. If it's just a matter about him running the bases, Edwin Encarnacion is old and he's bigger. So him running the bases as opposed to a, a slightly injured with his quad, Mike uh, Giancarlo Stanton, I don't care. I'd rather have Stanton. His, he's been putting together great at-bats, and they've missed him in Game 2 and 3. It's very clear. So if Stanton isn't going to play in Game 4, he's got to get off the roster. Kick him off, get someone in there that is actually a valuable roster spot. Gardner, I don't know what, what's up with him. Hicks had an, a, a few amazing at-bats against Garrett Cole. He's going to have to be the center fielder. Move him up in the lineup instead of batting ninth. Move him up in the lineup. Gardner might have to be benched for Cameron Maben or Giancarlo Stanton if he's ready to play. If he's not, Maben has to get the start. 
something like this could be the lineup for the Yankees in Game 4. LeMayu at first, Judge in right, Torres in second, Stanton DH, Hicks center field, Gio Rochelle at third, Didi short, Romine center, Maben left. Or if you want to you switch it up a little bit, if Stanton is healthy enough to play left field, DJ at first, Judge in right, Glaber at second, Stanton left, Hicks in center, Edwin Encarnacion, DH, Gio third, Didi short, Romine behind the plate, batting ninth. Something's got to happen. You got to switch it up. You got to switch it up because game one, things were great. The lineup was good. They executed well. They hit well. Everything was set up nicely. Everyone, A lot of people put together good at bats. Game two and three, the lineup has been the same and different. from. It's been different from game one, but the same in game two and three. It hasn't worked out, clearly. No one has been getting on base. People have not been producing when they should be producing. Guys, Didi, Gardner, Edwin, they're all swinging at the first pitch. And I get their motto against Garrett Cole was probably to be aggressive early. Because LeMahieu got a couple singles off Cole early in the count. Judge, same thing. Jumped on him first pitch, I believe it was. Single to right field. But then you see Glaber Torres. I mean, listen. Three and four, whatever. Gardner and Edwin just didn't do anything. They swung immediately, and I get that. But then you see Glaber Torres work the count against Garrett Cole and walk. So why, if you see Garrett Cole walk someone after getting two quick outs, why wouldn't you at least try and challenge him? Why are you swinging at the first pitch? Didi also, by like two feet, three feet, missed a three-run homer to put them up three to two. But unfortunately, it just didn't carry enough to right field. But it's tough. Game four is going to be stressful. For me, for the players, I'm sure for Aaron Boone, it's going to be very, very stressful. I'm okay with what's going on against, uh, you know, they're gonna, in terms of they're going to have Granky pitching for game four, Verlander for game five. Both of them at Yankee Stadium. You have to win both. I'm not even going to think about game five right now, but game four is 100% a must win. I think I'm gonna wrap it up here. Uh, I'm sorry if you were really listening for the football portion of today, but I've decided to neglect that for this week, and I apologize. But the MLB playoffs for me are very important, and I just needed to get all this off my chest and speak about it because it has been exciting but very frustrating at times to watch the Yankees and what they're doing against the Astros right now because the opportunities are there and sometimes they just haven't gotten it done and when you have Gleyber Torres who's been hitting so well with runners on hitting fifth instead of third when Judge and LeMahieu are getting on it's 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 tough to watch it's tough to watch the kid's on fire bat him third he's earned that right talk to you guys next week I will be back with more football next week I assure you have a great weekend